Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Have you ever been told that you don't pay attention to the Old Testament? I've been accused of that many times. And those of us in churches of Christ have often been accused of being people who care not at all for the Old Testament. Well, I think that all of us understand that's not true. The Bible is divided into two sections, the majority of which is Old Testament material. But just because of the things that we practice in our worship and in our lives find their source in New Testament teaching does not mean that the Old Testament is of no value whatsoever. As we continue a series throughout this year entitled, Why Did My Savior Come to Earth? I want you to notice today that my Savior came to earth to fulfill the old law. And I want you to think with me about that idea that the old law, the Old Testament, the part of that that has been fulfilled, Jesus did that. That's why he came. And I want us to understand what that means and how that happened. In order to understand it, the text that was read for us lays it out for us, and I want to see that text for a moment. But in order to understand the concept, we need to think about three words. We need to think about law, we need to think about purpose, and we need to think about fulfillment. Let's begin with law. What is the law? What did Jesus think about the law? What did he say? What was his view of the Old Testament, the law of Moses? I want to suggest to you that Jesus had a very high view of the old law. Notice what he said. Number one, the old law must not be destroyed. Verse 17 of our reading in Matthew 5, if you are there, you can walk down through this text with me. It must not be destroyed. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy the law. That word destroy really has something to do with interrupt, stop it ahead of time. It's a word that's used in other places that will help us to understand it. For instance, Matthew chapter 24. Jesus was near the temple and the disciples looked at Jesus and said, Have you ever seen anything greater than this? I mean, this is outstanding. Look at this temple. And Jesus said, I tell you that there is coming a time when one, not one stone will be left upon another but will be torn down. That is the same Greek word, destroyed. 
Jesus said this temple is going to be destroyed. It's going to be torn down. What did Jesus then say? I did not come to tear down the law. That word is also used by Paul in Galatians Chapter 2 and in verse 18 when he said, if I build again, or verse 14, if I build again that which I destroyed, I become a transgressor. In other words, that same word is you can't build up something that hasn't been torn down. What is Jesus saying? Don't you dare try to tear down the law while Jesus was on the earth. He made it very clear that he was not here for the purpose of destroying it, taking it apart brick by brick, laying it out and destroying it. That was never his intention. He had a higher view of the law than that, number two. He said, I came to fulfill it. He came to fulfill it. In other words, I came to make sure that it ended. Everything happened just like it's supposed to. I fulfilled it. I did not come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. And in fulfilling it, he had a very high view of that law. Look what he said in that text of Matthew chapter 5. He said, in fact, not one part of that law, not a jot or a tittle. Basically, to translate it into English that we can understand it, not one dot over an I, not one cross over a T will fail until it has been fulfilled. Jesus said, I'm going to fulfill it. And it is so important that I have to fulfill it. And I am not going to let any single little bitty minute part of it pass by until I've done that. Jesus had a high view of the Old Testament. I'm not going to destroy it. I am going to fulfill it. And until it's finished, you better observe it. Look at the text. If any one of you breaks one of these laws and teaches men to do so, you are least in the kingdom of heaven. You cannot, he said to these people whom he was talking to, you better make sure that every single part of that law, don't you teach somebody to overlook it. Don't you teach somebody it's not that important. You better make sure you do it. You better live it. You better observe it until I fulfill it. In Matthew 23, Jesus was going to take an entire section of his sermon time to talk to the leaders of the Jewish people. Notice what he said. Everything 
that the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees tell you to observe, you do it. They sit in Moses' seat. They know you do it. But don't do according to their doing of it. For they say and do not do. What's Jesus saying? I expect this law to be observed. It was written for the purpose of having you observe it. But those leaders who are telling you about the law, those leaders you are looking up to, to live the law in front of you, they're not doing it. So don't you follow their actions. But you listen to what they say because they know the law inside and out. Jesus wanted them to observe the old law. So why did my Savior come to earth? He did not come here to destroy the old law. He wanted to fulfill it. And he expected those people to observe it. If Jesus had a high view of the Old Testament, he's my Savior. And I better have a high view of the Old Testament myself. Now, understanding it the way that he intends me to understand it, yes. But I need to have a high view of it. I remember as a kid, my parents bought me a children's Bible story book. And it fascinated me. I spent time reading Old Testament stories, far more than the New Testament ones. Because for children, I'm telling you, man, the Old Testament is packed with great material. I want to encourage every parent, you find a good children's Bible story book. When they can read, I promise you, they will get into it. It is absolutely great reading. So I'll tell you this. I was raised on New Testament or Old Testament stories because they were fascinating. I do not have a low view of the Old Testament. Neither should you. Because our Savior didn't have a low view. There's the word law. Let's look at the word purpose. So what was the purpose of the old law? If Jesus fulfilled it... That means it's over. So what was its purpose? Have you ever been told that God made a mistake in the Old Testament? He made a law that he knew was no good, but he did it anyway until he could get to the good one. God doesn't operate that way. God does what God does because it's the right thing to do. So what was the purpose of the old law? I want you to see it in some figures that the Bible gives us about the old law. Some images for our minds. And each of those images 
will help us to see the purpose behind the image. For instance, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. For the law, having a shadow of good things to come, can never, by those same sacrifices continually offered year by year, sanctify those who come to it. Number one, the old law was a shadow. Now, you know what a shadow is. A shadow is a representation of something. A shadow has the form of something of which it is a shadow. And by the shadow, you can see some things about the main object, the real thing. The old law was a shadow looking forward to the perfect sacrifice. It can never, with these same sacrifices, continually offered year by year, perfect those. The sacrifices of the Old Testament offered over and over and over were imperfect. So why did God say, let's put an imperfect system together? He didn't say that. What he said was, this is a perfect system to show you that there is no perfect sacrifice anywhere on this planet without Jesus. When you see the Old Testament, Especially when you see the old law of Moses, let it be in your mind a shadow looking to the perfect sacrifice that was coming. This may shock you. One of our young ladies told me the other day, my favorite book in the Old Testament, she may have said the Bible, Leviticus. Hmm, interesting, isn't it? Leviticus is just full of laws. But she loves to read it. I wonder, is it because in those laws she sees a form of the perfect sacrifice Jesus who was on the horizon, though not yet there? Number two, as a tutor, the old law trained imperfect people. Galatians chapter 3, verse 24. The law was our tutor to bring us to Christ so that we might be justified by faith. What is a tutor? A tutor is a teacher. Some translations say schoolmaster. The idea is the old law was set up as a tutor, a, a trainer, one who would teach the basics and therefore looking forward to the time when maturity 
would replace immaturity. Why would God make an immature system? He didn't. He made a system that showed the immaturity of the people. You can't keep this law. You can't be perfect on your own. There is nothing you can do to be right with God on your own. It's not possible to do that. The idea is that you need something else. The old law consistently said over and over, you're a sinner. You're a sinner. You can't keep it. And I'm teaching you through the old law that you're not perfect. And it perfectly did that. Number three, it's a reminder. On your calendar, on your smartphone, do you get a reminder every now and then? Ding! Something there. The old thing was, you've got mail. You remember that? Think about that in the Old Testament. Every time they offered a sacrifice, they were reminded, we are sinners. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4. There's a reminder every year as these sins are, or these sacrifices are offered. There is a reminder of sin. What did the old law do? The old law said, sinner, sinner, sinner. And every time they offered a sacrifice, they were reminded of sin. And as a reminder of sin, the old law was looking forward to a time when there would be a remission of sin. And through constant offering of sacrifices, they saw their need and they looked forward to the time when it would be fulfilled. Number four. Ephesians chapter 2 says the old law was a wall. Jesus tore down the wall of separation. The Old Testament was a law identifying separation that was in the world. People were separated from God. People were separated from each other. And it's all because of sin, not taken away. But Jesus said, I'm going to tear down that wall. He didn't tear down the law. He didn't dismantle the law. He fulfilled the law. But he tore down the wall, the mentality, the attitude that existed between Jew and Gentile. He tore down the wall. And in so doing, that old law said, look how separate you are. Look how alone you are. Look how everything is so messed up. When you take these figures, 
Now you see what the purpose of the old law was. Number three, fulfilled. How did Jesus do it? How did he fulfill the law? Number one, he became that perfect sacrifice. Hebrews 5 and 8 and 9, even though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. And having become perfect, he became the sacrifice. Wait a minute. Wasn't he already perfect in heaven? Well, he was sinless. But what did he need to do? To replace the shadow. What did he need to do? He needed to become perfected. How did he do it? By living it. By being the sacrifice. By living the sacrifice. He became perfect. He is what the shadow was looking toward. Number two. He perfected forever those who were being sanctified. Hebrews 10 and verse 14. How did he do that? He took those imperfect people taught by the old law and he taught them the perfect life to live. He said, I'll perfect you. How are you going to do it? I'm going to tell you how to live. Sermon on the Mount, you have heard that it was said, but I say. He was not saying it was a bad loss. I'm going to tell you what it was. He was saying, you have heard that it was said, those leaders told you this, but I'm going to tell you what it really was about. It was about the heart. It was about the attitude. It was about the mind. Jesus said, I'll perfect you forever. No longer under that tutor. I'm going to be the teacher, and you can live like the teacher. I don't have to be tutored anymore. Number three, Jesus didn't remind people of sin. He convicted them of sin. When he sent the Holy Spirit, John 16, 7 and 8, he convicted the world of sin. Now it's not about being reminded over and over that I'm a sinner and nothing can be done about it. It's about saying, I'm convicting you of sin and I am the sacrifice to take away the sin. Jesus fulfilled the law. Finally, fourth, he repaired the separation. The breach between man and God fixed in Jesus. The breach between people fixed in Jesus. He took that law and nailed it to his cross. He took two men, Jew, Gentile, and made them one in Christ Jesus. And he made all of us have access to the Father through Him. Verse 18 of Ephesians chapter 2. Notice what He did. He fixed the separation. 
He repaired the breach between people and he repaired the breach between us and God. Jesus fulfilled the law. But I don't think still, as I was working through all this, I don't think still I get it. I know a lot of people don't. So I came up with this concept that might help us to see it. First, listen to Romans 15, 4. Whatever things were written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. I better have a high view of the Old Testament because I can't know my hope in Jesus if I don't know the Old Testament. How then can I understand what Jesus did to the law, setting it aside? He didn't tear it down and dismantle it. He fulfilled it. And when it was fulfilled, it ceased to have authority over people. Here's my illustration. You probably have at some time visited a decommissioned ship. Maybe a decommissioned warship. And it's now a museum and you can get on it and you can see how things happen. And that's a decommissioned ship. It's not torn apart, boat by boat and dismantled. It still stands as a record of what was it stands as a memorial to that which has come from it. A decommissioned battleship says, come and look, come and remember. Don't repeat the past. Honor those who have given their lives for the freedoms that you have. That's what the Old Testament is. It has been decommissioned. But I need to go into it often. And look around and see what it's saying and appreciate the history. And in understanding the history, I can see the present and the future. And it stands as a lasting memorial to the plan of God, perfectly executed, helping us to see who we are and what we need. And in Jesus, those needs were fulfilled. I hope we have a greater appreciation for the Old Testament because my Savior came to fulfill that law. The old law showed that people try to save themselves. I check off everything and then look at myself and reward myself. You're great. But through Jesus, now I know I can't save myself. And he offers me salvation. And it's not about checking boxes. It's about living faithfully. And that begins... When I submit to Jesus, 
and I'm immersed in water to have those sins removed. That's the offer. And in that offer, I find my new abundant life through Jesus. If you're not a child of God, today would be a great day. Or if we can help you, pray for you, and support you in some way, if you have need today, we're here to, for you. You can meet our shepherds at the front as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.